0: It's great to be back. I'd like to say it was a very nice vacation, but what usually happens on vacation is you get some news and becomes unhappy. You know, about a month ago, I went and saw Julie Jacobson, our landlord's wife, and um, you know, she turns to me. Here she is. You've been struggling with cancer for two and a half years, and she turns to me and she says, will you do my funeral? And I'm thinking, wow. So I'm on, on vacation, and my third day in, Dennis calls me, and I'm thinking, this is not going to be a good call and I called him back and he said, Julie has passed. And I, met, I just came under this wave of grief and pain and loss. You know, all, all of us this side of heaven, you know, we're praying, we're believing, we're asking God for the miracles. We've been contending for her for two and a half years. I can remember when Dennis gave me a call two years ago. I was with my kids uh, or almost two years ago and him calling and saying, Julie has all kinds of cancer. And I remember calling our intercessors and praying with him, but calling our intercessors and telling them to begin to to fight this prayer and fight fight through. And just, again, seeing Debbie get up after a four-and-a-half-year battle that she's gone through, to see her, she is, she's gotten younger by 20 years <laughs> compared to compare to what she was. So knowing God heals, knowing there's processes we go through and God is good, but yet there are times when you're just stuck in your heart because what you prayed and asked and believed for didn't happen. But I tell you, this lady, she's one of the most incredible women I've ever met. I can remember um, doing a business meeting with her at one time. We were over there at one of their properties, and they're doing business meetings. And I can remember I wasn't getting what she was telling us about we were doing our lease and everything, but I saw in a moment she, like, collected herself and was so gracious to us. I remember having to apologize to her for not getting what she was trying to communicate. This woman was like a bookkeeper, but she was like a lawyer. She knew so much about all kinds of stuff, but she had a heart for Jesus, and the last two years of her fight for her cancer, she grew closer to the Lord. And she was telling us, she told D- Dory and I when we were there just about a month ago, I want to go home. I want to go be with Jesus. So that's what kind of I uh, had to deal with on my vacation. And as we're talking about raising our emotional health, we have to get honest about what we go through in our life. And I told Dory, I have never felt so discouraged and depressed to be on vacation and hearing the news that this woman we've been contending for died. It just stuck me in my heart so deeply. We contend for the faith. We contend for people's healing and transformation. We contend for the miracles that spring and spark faith. But it doesn't always happen the way we want. And I tell you, I have, I have a, I, you know, we go through different seasons. We like to listen, to listen to different people. And it's okay with me that you don't listen to me all the time. My favorite guy is T.D. Jakes. T.D. Jakes is such a man, who, such a preacher, such a prophetic preacher. I remember, I remember my third day of my vacation, uh, Dory's off doing something, and I turn on the TV. And Every time I turn on the TV, I catch him in the middle uh, at the end of his message. But, like, he was in his prophetic moment. He was preaching to his congregation. I tell you, people, the prophetic presence that where God even was speaking to me was so incredible. And I felt like God had been telling me the day before, like, as we were driving, like, Bruce, there's new things in you. I'm going to bring new things out of you that you've never even experienced, that you've never even known. And he's prophesying this in this two-minute section I heard on one of his messages before he was done. That God wants to do new things in us. He wants to pull new things out of us. I feel like it goes, oh no, throw me Kleenex. Someone robbed my Kleenex. Thank you, guys. That God wants to do new things in us. And uh, it's going to be the trials and tribulations and through the, the things that seem to frustrate us or confuse us and make us feel like, where is God? But out of the pit, out of your struggles, God is going to do new things. God is going to do things that are miraculous. They may not measure your what the, the miracle that you're wanting, but they're going to be miraculous as he transforms your life. And as he comes out of your spirit with things that he's put in your heart that you are to do, things that you're to say, how you're to be, You know, we focus so much on this life and even doing Julie's funeral the other day. You know, there's such a focus on this life, such a focus on attaining and grabbing and gaining. But I tell you, it's it's our spiritual life. We are temporary residents here. But what are we doing in our spirit? What are we doing to strengthen our soul? What are we doing to surrender our all for God, to be who God's called us to be? And I had a word come to me as I was walking and praying this morning to church, and it's the word investors. All of you here are investors. Some of you have gone and uh, gone to seminars, or you've gone to a, a timeshare thing where they're telling you, you know, how to buy in and you know get a great vacation home, or you know make some much some, some more money. Maybe you've gone to a, a meeting where they're gathering, uh, you know, new new investors in a company or in stocks or whatever, you know. And I tell you, we do things to gain financially or to gain something. But I tell you, we are investors. Every person here is an investor in the kingdom of God. You are buying into your spiritual life. And that that eternal investment that you're giving right now in this moment is going to bring you great dividends. Amen. Great dividends. Here is your portfolio. Amen. Everything that God has for you, everything that you have for God, everything he's going to do in you, everything is going to cost you is in this book. This is your portfolio. You are investing in the kingdom of God. You're investing in your spiritual life. And his going to bring you great rewards some of them you're going to experience now some of them you're going to experience by the people around you who are going to come to god and see the transformation of their life and some of them are stored up in heaven and i and i told the funeral the other day the people the other day and i said you know what i said i've been thinking about julie this last couple weeks i've been thinking about her who is she talking to She made this journey through life, and now she starts this eternal journey with God, a productive journey, a journey that we don't even have an understanding of what she's going to be doing and what is is going on. Right now, life is going on in the eternal realm that we can't see right now. We're in a temporary zone. We're in a temporary place. We're on a coffee break, but we're pressing and we're moving forward into eternity. We are closer to our death than we were this morning when we got up. So we've got to invest We've got to invest in the kingdom of God. We've got to invest in our emotional health and our growth. I want to give you this verse. It's John 7, 37 through 39. Jesus said, In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He that believes on me, as the scripture has said, Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. That's the promise that inside of us, there's something coming in. The Holy Spirit wants to fill us. From the moment we accept Christ, as unrighteous, as ignorant as we are in the kingdom of God, when we accept Jesus Christ, there comes a, an influx. There comes an inflow of your Holy Spirit. And as we continue to ask God to fill us with your, with his Holy Spirit, God is filling us up. What's that going to do? That's going to push out things. That's going to cause this growth growth in our emotional life that we really need. God wants us to be able to put down our masks, put away those those things we do to cover ourselves and protect ourselves from relationships or from things that have hurt us in past relationships in our life that we don't just go through white-knuckling it. And it is the activity of the Holy Spirit. It's the flow of the Holy Spirit into our life, refreshing us, feeding us, strengthening us, that gives us the ability to take down those masks or to take those steps into the unknown, into the fearful, into that which we know God has for us, but it's scary. In John 6, 63, Jesus declared, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. I love being with my wife because she does great things for me. She puts She puts together... Vacations that are incredible. She takes me to places that I never would have dreamed of going. And she got us uh, a night in, at Morro Bay. Anybody ever been to Morro Bay? I had never been there. 62 years old, heard about it, never been there. So the first night we stayed there, we are only there one night. Our room has a view of Morro Rock. And I didn't know this, but going on this little tour, the guy explained that Morro Rock is 420 feet high or something like that. But literally, it was chipped away and, and, and worked on for over 40 years to make a, a jetty, to make all kinds of things with all the rock. And they, they stopped it in the, in the late 60s. But I didn't know that Morro Rock was a volcanic plug. And he mentions our Hollister plug right here. That, that it's one of the seven plugs that there are. That plug that keeps the flow of lava. I tell you, our emotional health, the things that affect us, our anger, the different things that we haven't dealt with in our lives, are the plugs in our own life, the huge rocks that keep us from experiencing the relationships that we're supposed to have, the freedom we're supposed to have, both with God in our in our family relationships. We understand the emotion of anger is probably the most one that we allow to use. Other than if you can be happy and have some joy once in a while, we all are aware of anger. We're all aware that we can keep that plug of anger down, down, down. We do good. We're in certain places at work or whatever. We can keep it down. But then all of a sudden, usually it's at home or with people that we trust or love, that that plug can get touched, and boom, it blows up. God wants to bring health to our emotions. So he wants to show us how to, to feel things, to look at ourselves, to experience those things so that we can have a true freedom in our relationship so we don't go off and do an eruption on people. In Galatians 6, 7, it says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he's also going to reap. So right now, if we begin to look deep inside, if we begin to get a handle on our emotions, get a handle on wherever we're disconnected, wherever we're stopped up, we're plugged up with God in our relationships, wherever we're hurt, wherever there's anger, wherever there's bitterness, whatever is affecting us having a free flow of emotions, God wants us to begin to discover and get to the roots of where we are are we connected are we disconnected are we angry with god are we angry with people and as we get connected there comes a healing process that can happen galatians 7 8 says for he who sows to his flesh will of his flesh reap corruption but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life again life is to be operating now throughout our life throughout our experiences throughout our giftings, throughout every area of who we are. We are to flow in all of our emotions, all of our feelings, and all the understanding of how God has made us. And it's the Holy Spirit who's working to strengthen us in a way that we can enjoy our emotions that God gave us. They're not supposed to be sold over to our past, our sin, the enemy, but we are supposed to take this on this journey as God is saving our soul to have positive emotions to be able to have our emotions up equal with what God's doing in our spirit. It's one thing to be encouraged on Sunday morning or after your time with God, but it's another thing then to go out and face the world and feel like, oh, i gotta, I got to protect my emotions. It's overwhelming. I can't handle it. God wants to bring that emotional stability in us so that we can have a place of resting in Him even though we are going through different emotions. As we get emotionally healthy, we grow spiritually too it's god just doesn't want the spiritual part but he he knows he has to work on our soul at the same time so that they're growing together so there's a real support in our life also you know stagnant water it's stinky when our emotions aren't dealt with they get stinky we wear our attitudes on our face we we wear them in our expressions we roll our eyes i was in a situation where where i I was out in public somewhere I was dealing with something, and they actually, I said something, and they actually rolled their eyes. I'm thinking, wow. <laughs> oh, it's the U Haul person. Thank you, Amy. <coughs> People stuff. All the things we substitute in our soul for the emotions that are unhealed, that we can't really express. You know, sometimes some of us have real strong emotions, and our families can't handle them. You know? Sometimes. People in our lives who are over emotional, um, we don't even wanna be around them. We kinda like pull back. But we are called to heal people. In this body, we are called to ino- interact in a way that we accept each other's emotions. How can a person grow unless their emotions are allowed to be expressed and interacted with, with people? We have to have grace to extend to people to help them get emotionally healthy and whole where they can pour out their negativity at times and, and help them feel accepted so that they can let down and change, so the Holy Spirit can push out those negative emotions that are keeping them from the, the, the growth and the health that God has for them. God cares about spirit, soul, and body. Mark eight thirty four through 37. When Jesus had called the people to himself with the disciples also, he said to them, whoever desires to come after me, I think we all, there's a number of people signed on when Jesus was, okay, we're going to follow you. But we know when he went to the cross, nobody was following him. What happened to those guys? What happened to everybody? Their emotions got challenged. Jesus went to the cross. He was rejected. The mob rose up against him. The ones who ushered him in and said, Hosanna, on one day, a week later, were saying, crucify him. And and so when it comes to dealing with negative emotions and uh, the costs of following Jesus we, we kind of get hesitant and we kind of get reserved and we pull back. As we grow emotionally and, and spiritually, as we grow spiritually and keep taking Jesus in, even though we're, we may be starting to look at some negative things in our life, hang on. Don't get discouraged by what you see. If you keep pumping in that spiritual iron, keep praying, keep keep letting the holy spirit in he's actually the one in there that's going to allow the negative emotions to come up don't get scared when they come up he's going to help process them out he's going to help you grow emotionally healthy why because he's stabilizing you spiritually now you can deal with those emotional issues that you've been kind of stuffing and putting under the table or putting in the back burner or get people in your life that won't allow you to process the things that you need to process verse 34 continues. let him deny himself take up his cross and follow me i love that song you had e about the cross today deny yourself so often we deny our emotions we we stuff down we're taught at the early age i know i was oh don't act like that oh be quiet don't talk and so a lot of times to look right we we are denying our emotions we're denying who we are and so we from early age we can become actors we don't all get to go to hollywood but we learn how to act we learn how to present ourselves, you know? And so those are the messages God wants to break up. God wants to change so that we have this freedom in our lives to really feel and be, be a part of, of this life and a part of what God, God's doing. Sometimes we get the message, God just wants us to act right. He just wants us to look a certain way. So even in church, around people, we start putting on these masks. We start performing in a way we think people would accept us. Now, no. God's saying, let's get rid of that. Be who you are and let God's love make you acceptable to other people. Let him him bring those challenges. And when you deny yourself, it's it's just denying those places that you're staying immature. Deny those places where you're you're not going to you're not going to face your emotions. You're not going to face those things from the past. Take up your cross simply means doing what God wants. Start moving in that direction where God wants. Maybe since we're talking about dealing with your emotions, you're going to start talking about your emotions. Maybe today after church in your home, as you're having your meal, you're going to talk about feelings. You're going to talking about feelings in relationships that you have, husband and wife, friends, children, parents, about things that you haven't felt free Again, you know, we have those areas where, okay, I've gone there before and I can't go there again. <laughs> say we're going to stop dancing for a while and we're going to talk about real things. And put some ground rules out. You know, I want to say this. I'm not saying it to hurt you or to belittle you or, or anything, but I'm saying this because I want to get it off and I, I want to restore relationship with you. So use it as a point where have an understanding. I, I'm not beating you down. Because sometimes when we talk about real things, we're talking about things people have said and done to us. We're talking about their feelings and emotions and attitudes that have come towards us, and so we want a dialogue. Why? We want a better relationship. Our motive to talking is not just to dump on people, but it's to be, to be whole, to be able to put those things to the side, taking out the garbage. You're, you're gonna talk about something, and then maybe even after you talk about maybe one or two things, you don't have to unload 25 years or 10 years of stuff. <laughs> maybe take one thing that's the, at the forefront and say, you know what, God? You know, hey, I want to talk to you about this. This is something, when I, when I talk about it to you, it's going to help me be closer to you. It's going to help you to be closer to me. And you're going to help me put something away. Now, the person who's going to receive some negative, you're going to have to be big. You're going to have to be really big today. Spread your feet out. Like when I was doing rigging, they told me, spread your feet, Bruce, because you're receiving a load. You don't want to be knocked over when you're grabbing the thing. <laughs> spread your feet. Spread your feet. Okay, let me have it. And when it's coming at you, it's a tendency to close your heart down or get defensive. Try not to say they're just—they're taking out the trash, and I'm going to be the one they're handing it to me. I'm taking—I'm going to throw it out. You know, it's not like you're taking it in. I'm now the new receptacle. No, you're—you're—you're taking it out to the bin. (laughs) When you let people talk, why don't you just after you talk and you acknowledge that you heard? And if it's about you, something you've done, why don't you just validate it? And they want you to pray, God, will you take this so it's now removed from our relationship? And we you work this healing it on, in us so that they can be free in their feelings and emotions and I can be free from the past. So often we move from one relationship to the other because we, we're not able to be validated. We're not able to be healed in our emotions. Our emotions are so strong or someone comes across always angry. The person sometimes says, I can't handle this anymore. I'm out of here. We have to become safe. So that's part of growing spiritually. We're growing emotionally. We're growing healthy in a healthy way. So taking up your cross is just really letting God bring healing. Taking up your cross is great because God gives us grace to deal with those things he wants to change, to go God's way, to deal with our emotions, to grow and be healthy. It's a very positive thing. The cross represents something good for us. It's not negative. It brings life to us because it kills the old stuff. It changes old feelings, old attitudes, old mindsets. The things that we that have happened to us in the past, that have uh, affected us, that has caused a belief system, a reaction system, a defense system. Those are all things that God wants to heal. And following Jesus is the work of the cross that brings the healing. Verse 35, whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Again, that takes on to me that place where We don't always feel God's working or being protective over our emotions. Again, we always acknowledge, okay, God, you were with me. Why did I go through this? So you might say a lot of times we're trying to save our own life. We're trying to protect ourselves emotionally. We're trying trying to, to take care of our own needs by not letting them out there, not letting anyone know we have needs, not letting our emotions out, not trusting anybody with our vulnerable emotions, not being vulnerable. Why? It's not safe. People aren't safe. My wife has told me so many times, you're not safe. (laughs) I'm always working on it. But I I get that word a lot. You're not safe. Okay, I'm working on it. So it's not going to happen overnight, but it's the process of working and and developing trust with people. A lot of times we are not actually the person in our relationship that actually has done something to the person, but God is so comprise our relationship that he usually puts us with people so they can get healed you're usually in the marriage you're in because god wants to perfect both of you and a lot of times we get defenses thinking like well i didn't cause that problem or that didn't happen through me but when a person's trying to get healed again god's trying to grow them emotionally heal them he's putting someone in there that is going to be like the sounding board or you might even be the trigger And the trigger is going to bring up those negative emotions so that God can bring a healing. You're going to find as you go through that, you have a better relationship with the person, and you really begin to have the relationship God desires you to have because you do build trust with people. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. And I think that's always a thing of us investing our life, investing our emotions with God, being hurt at times in allowing people to uh, process their emotions and their feelings. We're giving up in faith that we're going to get something back. And so what Jesus says, when we really surrender our life, our emotions and our relationship, as we stay in the process, it's going to come back to us. We're actually going to have our life saved. You're going to save it. "For For my sake and the gospels, we'll save it again you guys this word i throw at you ever so often the gospel is the power of god to our salvation our spirit is saved through the gospel but our soul is ongoingly saved through the power of the gospel the good news of jesus christ as we read this book it becomes a life and it feeds our spirit and it causes us to grow and it has us a, has, it gives us an understanding of how to stay there at the cross as god works the changes that the word of god works in our soul Verse 36, for what will a man profit if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Again, what does it matter if I have the relationships around me that I've controlled? I have all the money I can need, so I don't need anybody. I can make all my own decisions. What is it going to profit me that at the end of my life, I'm not really strong spiritually. I'm not growing. I don't know where I'm going to go. Our biggest investment is to our spirit and our soul in our relationship with God, and that's where we're going to be the greatest in prosperity. Because if God wants you to be a millionaire, no one can keep you from being a millionaire. Right. But if he wants you to be a poor person, you're going to be the richest poor person there is on the right. earth. Our key verse today is Corinthians seven, and I'm sorry I didn't tell Andrew to add a little bit of 6, so let me read it to you. The Apostle Paul wrote, our witnessing concerning Christ the Messiah was so confirmed and established and made sure in you that you are not consciously falling behind or lacking in any spiritual endowment or Christian grace, the reception of which is due to the power of divine grace operating in your souls by the Holy Spirit. The power of divine grace operating in our souls. See, in this world, if we're just focusing on this world, we're not gaining the divine grace that comes in our spirit that's poured into us by the Holy Spirit that resides in us. The Holy Spirit resides in us, but if we're focused totally in the natural and in the flesh and the soul in its desires and trying to please ourselves and try to get happy on our own, trying to have joy on our own, we are not growing spiritually strong. We're not dealing with the right emotions so that our soul comes in this right uh, place with the Spirit in us, leading us from our spirit so that we have this incredible victory and this grace is God's power that changes us. God's power is what changes our soul. God's power is what brings our emotions and those feelings into a proper perspective in the right place so that we can be angry and not sin. We can tell someone how we feel and yet do it in a way where they're receiving truth. I'm not building up garbage and bitterness in my heart, but I'm restoring and having relationships and so I'm growing healthily. So quickly my joy and my happiness and the good feelings that I can have in relationships can come right up there. Why? Because I'm doing relationships. And doing my emotions in the proper way. Power of divine grace by the Holy Spirit. While we wait and watch constantly, living in hope. Hope that we're going to get through our trials and tribulations, our struggles, in the refinement process as God's changing us. For the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and his being made visible to all. And there are those moments, even though we're not going to heaven right away, there are those divine moments when we're going through this process of being changed where. I think we see Jesus, because we see the productive, positive changes that are going on. We're seeing that we're not quick to fly off the handle. We're seeing that we're able to have conversations like adults, and and we feel good when, we, when we've had an interaction and conversation. We don't feel like, oh, this was terrible. You know, this. I, I mean, I said things I shouldn't have said. I, I didn't have control over my emotions. It came out so hard. You know, you know, I started saying something, but it didn't come out like I intended. How many have ever had those times where you were going to say something, but whoa! That came out? I've had to do a lot of apologies in my life. What are emotions? I just want to give you some definitions from Webster's. What are emotions? Feelings, passion, sensibility, static, strong subjective feelings. The definition of feelings from Webster's is to experience emotion. The cry of the soul. Ignoring our emotions is turning our back on reality. Really, reality is life, physical pain. Sometimes because we go through different painful times, we go into this denial. But going into denial might alleviate the pain for a moment or for a time, but actually it does us more harm because it creates a hardness, and it creates this defensiveness. It creates these walls that we're going to be harder to deal with later. So ignoring our emotions is turning our back on reality. Listening to our emotions ushers us into reality. Listening to our emo- How many of you today are here and you're in connection with your emotions? How many might be able to be honest and raise their hand saying, I'm disconnected. I'm just kind of going through the motions. Yeah, life happens to us sometimes where we are living disconnected lives. You can come into church sometimes and it's the habit. You know it's the thing to do. God wants me to hear worshiping on Sunday. I come in but it's it's like, I'm really not here. God wants to end that disconnection. The Holy Spirit is here to melt our heart and to melt those hardnesses and those things that have caused us to be disconnected so that we might live a life of connection where we're feeling the love of God. And as we're feeling in the love of God and he's softening us up, you know what happens? It just starts going in the reverse well. You know, when you melt wax, it starts flowing. When our hearts is melted, our emotions are melted and free, we start loving people. In the ways I've learned to keep my emotions and you know keep myself, I get kind of like down on myself when I started getting tender. And you ever get like that? When you start getting tender with people, you think like, oh, this is not me. Yeah, it's our old nature. It's that it's our defenses trying to hold on. Like, oh, this is uncomfortable, but it doesn't feel bad, but like, this is not me. I'm being gentle or I'm forgiving. This is the way God wants to teach us how to live, to be open and trusting and, and releasing those emotions and those feelings. So listening to our emotions ushers in reality. And reality is where we meet God. Oh my. That's where ever come into a service and you felt that hardness, and then all of a sudden the love of God just kind of melts, melts the heart, melts the attitude. That's what we want. We want to connect with Jesus. The Holy Spirit is here not to make us slaves, not to make us religious. He's here to melt our hearts. He's here to make us vulnerable. He's here so that we can experience His love and and feel His love and draw in His love and be changed and encouraged that we can feel like we have hope to go another day, you know? So the reality is where we meet God. Emotions are the language of the soul. Some of us can speak in uh, tongues. Some of us can, you know, sing in the Spirit or, you know, have the Holy Spirit move on us and, and. Speak words under the anointing of the Holy Spirit or speak truth or witness to someone. But how often in our soul has the language been cut off? Are we mute? Are we silent? Are, are we hard? Are we disconnected? Do we not say much? Emotions are the language of the soul. God wants us to express that language. God wants to revitalize and restore our soul to, to the place where. It's beneficial in our relationships. It's beneficial in our worship. It's beneficial in every area of our life, especially at work. Can you imagine if you're so free in your emotions that you're just loving, your boss just throws an extra load on you and you wanted to go home early and, oh, this is so great. You know, I'm gonna a little overtime, you know? That's what God wants, freedom in our emotions, freedom in our soul. Emotions, they are the cry that gives the heart a voice. It's interesting, when our emotions are free, we experience more of God. We feel him in our heart. It seems like our spirit is is, is given liberty. It's like our spirit is allowed to get up out of that wheelchair and and have that free expression with God. They are the cry that gives heart to a voice. However, when we often turn a deaf ear, Through emotional denial, distortion, or disengagement, we strain out anything disturbing in order to gain just a slight control of our inner world. Isn't that so true? The news that we hear, the struggles, and the problems that we deal with in our life, we just, to have some kind of control, we have to push away uh, and deny our true feelings and our true emotions. That's where God invites us to have this interaction with Him where we're talking about what we feel. That's why the Psalms is given to us. The psalmist, you know, David and the other people who wrote the Psalms, they talk about their extreme struggles. They talk about the negative emotions and their circumstances. Why? Because somehow they knew that if I don't have someone I can bring this to, my emotions are going to be shut down and I'm not going to be free in God. I'm not going to be be able to be free. And you know, I've said this in the past, but if you read through the Psalms, I mean, even David in his worst times, like I think at that time where those 400 of his followers were upset because all the families had been taken over and, you know, they wanted to kill David. And he goes and he pours out his heart to God. And at the beginning, man, David seems like he's a backslidden unbeliever. But by the end, as he poured out what he was facing and how they wanted to kill him and how, you know, his family, the families were all taken captive, by the end of it, his emotions are stabilized and restored. And he has this confidence that God is going to do something. And, you know, at the end of the Psalm, connected even with the Old Testament, you know, God gives him a plan. God tells him what to do. And God restores everything that, that was lost. But he, he didn't shut down in his emotions. And I think in our society in America, again, to look a certain way, we are taught we are taught to shove and push our emotions down. We are frightened and ashamed of what leaks into our consciousness. In in neglecting our intense emotions, we are false to ourselves and lose a wonderful opportunity to know God. My wife often tells me God meets her more when she's angry and frustrated and she's having a a harder attitude towards him than when everything's going good. I never really have really allowed myself to be angry at god (laughs) but it's interesting that that god who it says that jesus died for us when we were sinners when the whole world was in sin sold out that jesus came and died for us that god is capable of handling our most angriest emotions that we feel you know often we'll grumble maybe swear under our breath but how often do we say god i am just really struggling and you know i'm venting my anger at you because you're God, but, but these are my true feelings, and, and I know I shouldn't feel like this, but rather than stuffing them, I want to bring you these emotions. They're raw. I, I know they're probably not the right adequate um, expression of who you really are to me, but right now in this moment, what I'm going through, this is what I feel, and this is the promise of that God's going to meet us in that place. He's going to change the feelings. He's going to change the emotions, but he's the safe place to dump them. We forget that change comes through brutal honesty and vulnerability before God. You know, I want to stop right there, and I want the worship team to come. And in the next few minutes, as we we just have a good, you know, 13 minutes. But if you want to just sit there and just close your eyes and just begin to get in connection with the emotions that you have, and Maybe if you're disconnected, you could just say, God, here I am, and I've been disconnected for such a, a, a while, and I'm not even sure if I want to be connected. But Lord, I, I just want to bring this to you, and I want you to heal my emotions. I want you to bring up, Lord, any anger, any bitterness, any place where I have not been validated and I, I want you to bring healing. If you want prayer, you can come up to, to the altar and People will pray for you. If you just want to kneel there before God as a place where you're just separating yourself to God and you're just connecting with those emotions, do that. You know, in this next few minutes, it's such a time where the Holy Spirit wants to meet you.